here. So, I have just finished reading the book of Psalms. Even before when I only read in tidbits and just when I wanted to, I love Psalms already. It is one of my favorites and whenever I'm sad or feeling some sort of emotions, I would go to it. But now that I've read it as a whole, I love it even more. It is really, really, really amazing. Psalms is actually written by different authors, but for simplicity's sake, in this article, I will just refer to all of them as one person. The, quote, psalmist, end quote. I believe that this book shows the universality of the human experience. Even if these are poems or words by people from a different culture, space, and time, I could feel them piercing through me. As I read, I would catch myself blurting their words out as if I owned and composed them. It is full of raw, intense, and real emotions. With the depths of their thoughts, the psalmist is really feeling, soaking, and living them out. As a reader, I can't just dismiss the gravity and authenticity of their experience. This made me think, when I worship the Lord, do I truly glorify and bless Him with all my heart and soul? When I appeal to Him, do I really cry out all my worries and concerns to Him? When I thank Him, do I really celebrate with sheer gladness for all the gifts and favors He bestowed upon me? Praying and worshiping, among others, have become an all-too-common experience for some Christians, including me. On the other hand, the psalmist doesn't consider them mundane, normal part of faith life. He treats them as, an, as extraordinary opportunities to outpour to God and he relishes in that sacred time. No holds bar, all in. It doesn't matter to him if he will sound overly emotional or lunatic even. What I also love about Psalms is the multiplicity of human emotions, from rejoicing to grieving, praising to pleading, peace of mind to fear. Being human, indeed, we are prone to a long ride of varying emotions. Oftentimes, it is a roller coaster ride. The portrayal of these emotions gives me a sense of comfort. It is a reassurance that our ever-changing, unstable feelings are part of our humanity. I am not abnormal. I am just human. With our current state of medicine, there are a lot of options, drugs, therapy, and treatments that we can take to achieve healthy emotions. They are expensive and they usually have side effects. But for the psalmist, he sought a no-cost, no-side-effect remedy by turning to God and seeking peace and clarity in Him. For the record, I am not advocating that we don't take advantage of medicine, but I believe that they can only do so much. We may take all the available medications out there, but only God can fulfill our deepest longings 
And the psalmist is very confident of that. He runs to God because he knows that God listens. God is compassionate and abounding in love. God is powerful and can do all things. God is holy and pure. God is righteous and will execute justice. He has a profound reverence and fear of the Lord. He does not only acknowledge God as an all-powerful being, you know, he's not just all-powerful. He proclaims that he is the creator, the beginning and the end, the source of all sources, Lord of all creation. The psalmist does not merely ask for forgiveness and protection. He begs and reels for mercy and refuge. He is not just guilty, he is ashamed and full of remorse. Moreover, he meditates on the word of God. Embedded in this book is his outstanding knowledge and mastery of the scripture and of the history of God's goodness towards Israel. I notice it really when they keep on repeating phrases or sentences from the Old Testament books like from the Pentateuch and when they have a specific recall like they recant um, the, the events before and the people and it's just amazing like the psalmist really knew who these people are what happened how God intervened and he really knows the word of God well you know to think about it really, our generation grows pale compared to the psalmist. I am saddened and disturbed by how we fare off. Many of us take God very take God very lightly. I've heard this a million times. God is a God of love, and so how could he judge, punish us, and send us to hell? We can't just do ev- anything we want, and he will forgive us anyway. This erroneous thinking leads a very low standard for holiness, purity, and morality. Being nice is not the same as being holy and pure, which is what God desires for us. The devil loves to twist the truth, as later seen in the temptation of Christ. He even quoted scripture, a tactic which he fondly uses up until now. Yes, God is a God of love, but he is also a God of justice. He forgives and offers salvation to anyone who repents and truly accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But God is also all good, and he is a God of justice, so he is outraged by evil. Thus, there will come a time when he will judge each and every one of us, and we will have to give an account of our lives to him. The evil one just wants to tell you that God is love and he forgives, but he left out the other part. As it is, half-truths are lies. Let us not allow ourselves to be deceived. Like the psalmist, we should cling to the truth and keep it close to our hearts. This can only be done with perseverance, discipline, and fear of God. That's all. (laughs) I know I ended it abruptly. Anyway, thank you for listening. And I really hope that 
God has shown himself to you while listening or reading to my article. Um, God bless you and and I will continue on reading to Proverbs, which is another one of my favorite books. So I'm very excited. Praise God for the new revelation. Praise God for his, for his word. You know, the word of God is true. It's the truth. It remains the same forever. You know, praise to God. Praise God, really. That's all, friends. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.